This episode of Pots vs. Pete's was originally recorded March 3rd of 2018. It was posted April 18th of 2018. This is your official spoiler warning. If you have not seen this movie, please check it out before we completely ruin the plot for you. But I mean, uh, this is Thor 2, so we might uh, not ruin much of anything for you to be going on this. Also, there will be a few spoilers for Thor Ragnarok. Enjoy. The Marvelous Morons. (laughs) And we're here today with a very special episode. We're going to be talking about the world's greatest uh, Thor sequel. Thor. I I guess Thor sequel doesn't work. The world's greatest second Thor movie. Thor, the Dark World. It's not even that. (laughs) Yikes. I guess technically Avengers is the second Thor movie. And that's way better. Yes. That's way better than this oh so much better i mean to remind everybody this is a podcast we're doing weekly in order to get ready for avengers 3 the plot of which kevin feige has died and gone to heaven uh, but it's a beautiful place with kuba gooding jr inside of it however one of his movies thor the dark world has gone to hell for committing the worst movie sin possible can he save that movie can he voyage down there and learn about himself and his movie making techniques or will Thor the Dark World be stuck there forever? Only one way to find out, and that is to see Avengers Infinity War colon the musical a whole week earlier than it was supposed to come out. Yeah, that messes with our schedule a lot, actually. That messes our whole schedule, <laughs> and we're already somewhat late on doing this movie, and yep. now we have to catch up. Ah! <laughs> You know, it gets better from here. It gets better from here. I hope. Only slightly. (laughs) But that's not important. What we're talking about is Thor 2, The Dark World. Yes, that is. That is the one that we will be talking about today. Uh, Padabam, do you remember anything uh, significant about seeing this one in theaters? Uh, I, I was hyped and then successfully crushed. Wow. Yep. I don't even I don't remember having that reaction. I remember going to see it in theaters, and this is the semester right before I started hating a bunch of media. So like, you know, I was gonna see this and whatever. And I assumed it was gonna be better than the first one, and I went out of there going like, Yeah, I guess it was kinda better than the first one. And then the more I thought about this movie, the more I forgot. Which is weird, because I like went through cycles where I defend this movie. And like, and then I was like, "Why does everyone hate it?" And then I rewatched it again. I went, "Oh, that's why." Yeah. I legitimately forgot everything about this movie until I watched it. For I this, watched it uh, a week ago, and I could honestly yeah. tell you, I don't know if I remember all of it either. <laughs> um, and, and with that segue, let me give you the synopsis on this movie. <laughs> the totally uh, great and uh, expected and and thorough. <laughs> Synopsis. You were not gonna. I'm not gonna leave a single stone unturned on this one. Um, <laughs> so, uh, it, before time, apparently there were a race of beads called dark elves, and they like darkness because I, I don't know. Um, 
Then they make an Infinity Stone that's this magic MacGuffin that looks like rusty liquid. Yeah. Uh, okay. And, and apparently, like, it, they can use it to cloud out the sun or all light on the universe and then use it to take over. Um, and then Odin, back when he was young and spry, no, his dad, uh, beat oh, them. Yeah. And then, so all of a sudden, that stuff disappears into Earth. And then Natalie Portman finds it. Um, and then Thor's like, oh, what a convenient excuse to go make out with Natalie Portman. So then he tries to save her. But everyone's really, like, a jerk for, like, an hour and a half. Uh, and then the movie kind of ends. Like, it's about it. Like, and, I, and it sounds like I'm skimming over everything. To be completely honest with you, there's nothing else to this movie. Like, well... You got the fake, uh, Loki faked his death and then taking over the throne. Yeah. I mean, I get, yeah. So Loki's in this one, thank God. Um, he shows up and yeah, he's. Think, thank, thank God? I'm not sure. Like, honestly, he doesn't add much to this. No. Like, surprisingly, very little when rewatching this. He's and there's a reason for that. Vi- there's a reason well, why he adds nothing to the movie, yet it has a lot of prominent screen time. Interesting. We'll get to that. When we get there, so right now, I'm going to go at it, and I'm going to list them. It was really hard, and I scrambled a little bit, but I figured them out. I figured out three good things about this movie. So here we go. We're on our way to the goods. So my first uh, thing on here is that the movie starts out with a a somewhat intriguing mystery. And uh, with that, it has a kind of a nice uh, special effects moment of uh, the semi-truck floating in the middle of the alleyway. How that was shot and set up and uh, all the things going on with that, it was actually legitimately intriguing to be like, okay, what's going on here? This is kind of interesting that something seems overlapping or something like that, that that cool stuff's happening and these kids in London uh, figure it out that you can throw their shoes and it, and it comes back from the top and sometimes it goes to different locations. That, was, that whole scene right there is a really nice setup and... A uh, nice, intriguing way to get the ball rolling. I kind of wish that was the beginning of the movie, but, you know, we're not at the bads yet, so I'll leave that uh, as it is. Uh, and I like the continuation of the relationship between Thor and Jane, as well as Thor and Loki. I think uh, this does a good job of continuing stuff that they uh, left off in the last movie and uh, talking about certain things. Uh, I, I like their chemistry, Chris Hemsworth's and... Uh, Natalie Portman's chemistry, but uh, I don't think uh, at the end of the day nothing really significant happens with the relationship, or the movie doesn't have anything significant to say about it at least. Uh, but I like I like seeing everybody together and working off of each other uh, as they were in the first movie. And then uh, this movie had the best cliffhanger I could uh, think of with uh, with this material with Loki in the throne of. Uh, the Asgardian king of Odin and uh, showing that off that he is Odin at the end of the movie and uh, in charge of Asgard. Uh, I thought that was a really, really strong twist and cliffhanger. And I was like, I could not wait to see what was going to happen next. Even though I care very little about the Asgardian soap opera, I thought I was still intrigued to be like, okay, let's see where this goes. So there you go. Those were my three. Oh, very nice. Yeah. Um, uh, so by three, um, I thought the production design on this was a huge upgrade. Um, it looked a lot, I don't know, gritty, 
realistic fantasy sounds like kind of like a like double negative, but um, they they hired the guy who one of the guys who did like some of the best episodes of Game of Thrones, and it shows. Um, they have like you know. It, Asgard looks more real. The production design looks much better. A lot of the concept art, like concepts, look cooler. Like the the weird kayak spaceships are like so goofy that I love it. Um, they have some like little fun ideas. And with that involved, the final battle, um, you with a bunch of portals was really cool. Um, when Thor's fighting Malekith, that villain, um, and there's like basically they're in this huge area where they're like there's a bunch of portals to different worlds and universes and like as they're fighting they keep bouncing through it um and then there's also the great joke of thor keeps trying to call his hammer to him while he's going through these portals and the hammer's just pretty much just like stuck orbiting earth because it doesn't know where to go like because on one second he'll be in a different planet and then like five minutes later he'll be in london and he'll be into a different planet like that part was a lot of fun um and then so the second one is that the actors showed up on set uh, I appreciate that they actually somewhat tried to, despite okay. the, ma- the despite the material not being good. Um, yeah, yeah. It, cl- it clearly looked, especially um, uh, Tom Hiddleston's Loki was. He, you could tell that dude was just having a blast. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, they came for a paycheck, but at the same time, they didn't like not try their hardest. Like, yeah. They like, tried to elevate what they got. Yeah, they, Anthony Hopkins could have easily just like fallen asleep um, in front of the like camera for about twenty minutes, and they could have just been like okay, but he actually tried. So I have kudos to them. Like good he on all of them. He at least said his lines a little bit. Yeah, he said his lines as best as he could, um, and so did everybody else. <laughs> uh, a little one. Um, Thor hanging up his hammer on the coat rack. Uh, he walks into a house with some people, <laughs> and you know everyone's got their coats up, and he hangs it up on the rack, which is funny because that was in the script. Um, Chris Hemsworth just does that, just just because he got tired of he got so bored after so many takes that he just like I'm gonna do this, and then they're like that's great. So uh, Chris Hemsworth has like wonderful comedic timing. He's like actually a really good comedic actor. Uh, yeah, and, uh, which is you can tell he's been waiting to really uh, show off those uh, muscles for a long yeah, time. Yeah, he's been wasted, um, especially in this movie. Uh, but like overall, it's just been his comedic chops have been wasted because yeah, he is really funny. Yeah. So when those little moments are like, oh, that's like the little bit of heart that this like tiny microscopic, if like imagination of a heart this movie has is probably that scene and that's about it so yeah. um also in the an addendum this movie is less than two hours so that it, it was nice like it was very was, brief was it an hour and 40 or did i just make that up no it's like hour and 50 a little over hour 50 so it's like barely under two hours okay. and yeah this movie could have used more time to like flesh things out but oh, the we same so hand, didn't want to sit uh, here. But I, uh, the same <laughs> hand, I did like this movie, so two hours was nice. Yeah. I, I'm i going to disagree with you a little bit with the set pieces. I would say, I will say that uh, Asgard was better fleshed out than before uh, and looked vivid and, and real and stuff like that. Like, uh, unlike the first one where there was, like, n- nobody except the main kingdom that was around in Asgard. I will say, uh, with that, though... Uh, that there really wasn't anything added to the culture of Asgard, if that makes no. any sense. And, uh, and like, they tried, 
a little bit, but they could have tried a lot harder. And it seems like there was nothing thorough or, or uh, tangible that they wanted to keep um, like consistent throughout the whole movie. And like all the other realms are utterly forgettable. I don't know the difference. I don't, how many realms did we even visit? Like three? It's like and three. There's like they're really cliche. Like one was a yeah. Lava they're place. very cliched and very. Uh, the elf one. one a... The elf one. Everything should be dead and disgusting and stuff like that. And if, if this is the guy from Game of Thrones doing that, you would think. Uh, granted, I shouldn't be saying this because I haven't uh, actually seen an episode of Game of Thrones. But Shame. how people? I know. I know. Shame. But how highly the people talk about that show? You would assume that like everything about that is great so i assume like the world of game of thrones is like really detailed and kind of disgusting and and all that good stuff honestly not particularly and that's kind of like that fantasy real that fantasy realism part about it is it's not this overly like elaborate set pieces it feels more keep saying realistic um it feels a little more grounded, so it's not some like ridiculously crazy thing. Like that's, yeah, they're grunt, they're grungy sets for sure, and it looks like it. It more just looks like the Dark Ages. Um, that's sure. more the more the Game of Thrones sets kind of looks like. And then you know with the sets that are like you know really nice and splendid and fantastic, it it's a nice contract with these grimy sets, but it's never like elaborate. Um, yeah. if that makes any sense for the most part. I see what you're saying. I don't need it elaborate or crazy. I just need it detailed and actually make sense with the realm of the movie. And like, yeah. not that it doesn't make sense with the realm of the movie, but it surely didn't elevate anything. It could have. It could have done more. And what, yeah, like, absolutely. I liked the little ideas I had, especially over the first movie. But they could have gone more in that direction, especially if I, we, I, the more yeah. I think about Asgard, the more uh, that is the exception because they had the boats areas and they had the. The funeral, the Viking funeral, and yeah. both of those were pretty great. So, um, but yeah, like the other two realms, utterly forgettable. Uh, a lot of the designs of like the dark elf technology or stuff like that, I couldn't tell which was the Asgard technology and which was the dark elf technology. It's right, just just very very. I don't repetitive and boring. they were all the same muted brown color too, which didn't help. It certain it certainly did not. So I I I have a little bit of problems with the with the design, but um, but but this uh, way you know, it's an improvement. Yeah. That's yeah, it's that's all I've got, man. Like yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you, you had to you had to dig for something. I had to dig for things, man. Like one of mine was literally that it's like less than two hours. I'm digging here. I am digging a massive hole, and I cannot find anything. <laughs> All right, well, in that case, I think let's not uh, go around it and let's just start talking about all the bad poopy that's going on with this movie. God. Bad! All right, go on. Do your thing. Uh, so this I'll get the first one, uh, the most important one out of the way first. Um, this movie has no heart, soul, or passion to it. Um, and what I guess I mean by that is movies are usually created for a reason, uh, you know, whether it's somebody's vision that they want to tell this story or, you know, it's they want to do want to make the audience feel something or realize something. Even your worst movies, even like some bad movies have this um, or even if they're terrible, like, you know, somebody was trying and 
I don't think anybody was really trying. I think this movie existed for a couple reasons. Um, to get an Infinity Stone out of the way for the next movies, uh, because Thor had to have a movie, and money. That was That's literally it. I think that's the only yeah. reason this movie exists, and to me, that's... Um, I made that joke earlier, but like it could mean the one movie sin, and that to me is the worst thing you can do is have a movie where there's not only no purpose to it, but nobody cares. Um, so uh, my tinfoil hat moment, which is like make of crazy wild theories about stuff that I uh, behind the scenes stuff that I have no inkling of what actually happened. Um, here's what I think happened though. So. With all the other movies in this phase two, which is like the sequels after Avengers, they all had good, unique ideas, except for Thor. They didn't really have anything for that. So they hired some people to write a, you know, just a generic script for them. Um, and then with the hopes that, you know, somebody, a director they bring in would bring their unique vision to it. And they ran through a couple directors, actually, um, including Patty Jenkins, who did Wonder Woman. I um, thought uh, she was supposed to do Ragnarok. No, he was never doing Ragnarok. She was supposed to do this movie. Okay. Um, and I knew and it Natalie... was one of the, I knew it was one of the Thors. Yes, she was supposed to do this one. Um, off the suggestion of Natalie Portman, things didn't work out, um, which left Natalie Portman upset, which is why I don't think she's in any of these movies after yep. this one. Spoiler yep. alert. Um, so <laughs> they couldn't find anybody in time. So they picked Alan Taylor, who in hindsight is not a bad choice. Um. He had done some of the more popular, bigger episodes, big epic episodes of Game of Thrones, um, including the big, I know you don't know this one, but the Blackwater Bay battle in the season I two, actually, which was... I actually do know that because I think uh, uh, one of the essay, uh, video essay guys did a video on it, and I watched it. Yeah, it's it's incredibly well done. Um, so, yeah, yeah. So he had that, um, and then nobody bothered to fix the script, so they started shooting with that script with the idea of we need to get this done now because Thor needs a movie yeah. um, and we, we set up this deadline and we have to get to it and then uh, so they were doing that and everything was fine and then Avengers came out and everyone loved Loki they had loved him before but now like you know the Loki love was overwhelming so they went okay so we have this movie that's not particularly great in the first place um, and then everybody wants more Loki so we're just going to cram in Loki we can get rid of more scenes of this garbage villain and then they did they replaced you know some of the back behind the scenes stuff of Malekith the supposed main villain in this and then added Loki scenes and then they what they got was a pretty mediocre product out of this whole thing and then once the shield filming was done they actually kept Alan Taylor out of the editing room he didn't even get to edit the movie at all yeah which is which on one hand is pretty scummy to do. But on the other hand, after seeing Terminator Genesis, when he had complete control, maybe not the worst idea. Like, Oh, he did Terminator Genesis? Yeah. Oh, yeah. gross. Yeah, so, which is a really bad movie for anybody wanting to know. Like, garbagely, horribly bad. Like, far way, worse than this. In some ways, it's great in the fact that they recreated the scenes from the first movie, really, to a T, and it was really cool. Uh, but that was it. That's, that's I would say is yeah. the only yeah. <laughs> and that that really wasn't something he did. He just aped other people and then just used nostalgia to look better. Um, so that happened. And then when in the editing studio they realized, okay, so if we make this under two hours, we can get that much more ticket sales. So we can basically 
front load this and wait till the huge weekend comes by, you know, the first week, and then make as much money off of that as we can, so then when the box office plummets, like, I mean, it does that for every movie. Opening weekend always does much better than closing weekend, like, you know, and the success of weeks afterwards. Yeah. Um, but if you have a shorter movie, then you can get, theoretically, run more screenings, and then get more money off of in the weekend when, you know, not as word of mouth hasn't spread as widely. Um, kind of not really possible in this day and age, but they tried. And it right. didn't make a bad amount of money, but, like, this was not a movie that was meant to be good. This was a movie I meant that was, okay, we need a Thor movie so that people were reminded about Thor before right. the next Avengers movie. We need to set a couple things up anyways, and we like money, so there. And tinfoil hat moment done. I, I, from what I understood, that's exactly, uh, kind of what happened. Uh, they cut a lot of things that fleshed out the actual bad guy and added more Loki, uh, was kind of the main rumor I heard back when the, this movie first came out. Yep. Uh, okay. So, I mean, that makes perfect sense to me on why we have the thing that we have, but in some ways I bet that even if we watched the original version of what this movie was supposed to be or whatever... Uh, it still wouldn't be that much better. No, it would still be garbage. Like, no matter yeah. what they did, um, it, this movie is flawed from the beginning of existing when nobody cared if it existed or not. So yeah. that's tied into one. Um, off top of the movie not being well done, the characters are really bland. Um, Thor is pretty much... You could probably replace him with a dead fish uh, in the script, and it would have as much life. Um, Chris Hemsworth, again, all the actors try, but... There's nothing interesting about any of them, and if nope. there's nothing interesting about the characters, it goes backwards on them and like reverts them to either a joke or a jerk. Um, yep. It does it with Odin, where he's just this cranky old man. Um, it does it with uh, Eric. Sel- a little, a little, uh, a little more than a cranky old man. He's wanting to perform genocide. Yeah, he was, and he was like kind of like not racist is the wrong word, but speciesist. Like he banished Thor to Earth. For him to learn a lesson from mortals, like, you know, yeah. usually you don't do that unless you, like, kind of somewhat, like, you know, kind of respect somebody. Like, you know, it, it, it kind of implied that, like, he knows more about there's something better to people than this. And in this movie, he's just like, people are the worst. She's going to die. Like, screw people. Like, I hate people. And it's just like, I hate humans. It's like, what are you talking about? Um, Eric Selvig does the same thing, too, where he's this weird, crazy dude who's streaked around Stonehenge naked. And I was like, why is this happening? Nellie Portman doesn't have anything to do in this movie. Thor is boring. Like, nobody... It's just all the characters are just so boring, and therefore the movie is just insanely boring. Um, And so was the villain. We got to the terrible villainness. He's awful. Yeah. Just garbage. Um, And the last thing is there's a lot of forced comedy in this. Um, Like, Kat Dannings. Why is she in this movie? Why does she have an intern when she's an intern? And then they're making out, and that's supposed to be funny. And then it just this whole movie has so many moments where it's just trying to be fit into that Marvel formula, be funny. And the script isn't funny. Alan Taylor doesn't direct comedy moments, really. Like, nobody had any experience in comedy, and it just comes off as terrible. I would argue he didn't direct anything. No, he really kind of... He just filmed... I mean, that, and the that thing was is probably like, the meanest thing I've ever said. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, and like in the good Game of Thrones episodes he did, like he was given the script and given the idea of what happened. And I bet you anything, 
you know, because it's a TV show, a lot of us planned out beforehand. He was just there. And that's not to take away from his good work in that, but right. this is not the same thing where, you know, we're giving co- almost complete control. Not, and it clearly just, he's not good at it. It's just yeah. not good. Right, maybe, so that's my maybe he just needs maybe he just needs more practice. I, don't know. I he went back to Game of Thrones, which I think is where uh, he should either it's get some practice or stay. Um, because again, he's fine in that. Like, yeah. no problems with him there. Just he does maybe, a good job there. Maybe he just needs something that is like uh, as sturdy with a base, like a TV show where you know you have a really good showrunner who knows everything he wants and is doing. But yeah, that's exactly. In some ways, he should be perfect for the MCU then, because you have your Kevin Feige and jeez, I yeah, right. I I don't know how this one just stumbled. But this movie has did. no solid base, is the problem. Like all the other yeah. movies be- before this one and after this one will have a solid base, but this one does not. Right, and it because it has such a solid poor uh, doesn't have a solid base, it crumbles. All right, so I'm gonna go through my points. So, first things first, this is an utterly forgettable movie, and I think there's certain reasons why, most of which would have to be, again, the directing, and how things are, and information is presented. I didn't remember Frigga died in this movie. You know why? Because well, no one cares. and nobody. Well, it's, th- it's not so much that nobody cares, because you could totally make, you could totally make her care, even with the material... And and stuff that uh, with the with the writing and the script that they had, you could have totally made her more sympathetic and outright. I, it, nobody cared because they didn't properly direct a lot of the things about Frigga in general, as well as as her death, which the biggest moment. Uh, if you remember properly, uh, she's killed, and then Thor screams off camera. And it yeah. goes into slow motion of her still being killed, and the voice of Thor yelling no off camera is still going. Yep. And we don't, as cliched of a, of a moment uh, as uh, somebody saying no when, when they watch somebody die is, we still need that reaction shot to have any kind of emotional connection to what's happening in that moment. Yeah, you, you gotta have it. I'm sorry. You know, there's different ways to go about doing different emotions, but in this one, you chose no emotion. You just showed the death and of a character nobody knew or cared about, really. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's it's such a nothing moment that the movie tries to make seem like it's a huge moment, and it just falls flat on its face. Yeah, and I feel like that's the problem throughout this whole movie, is he doesn't know how to format or or uh, showcase information properly like like you're supposed to and it might not be uh his fault it might be the editing people because he wasn't uh allowed to edit as you said before so it was probably all their fault they're just putting together something real quick and just acted like a machine and you know didn't didn't look at the things they needed i don't i don't know how you would miss a reaction shot though i don't know how you would not put that in there. The only thing I could think of is that Thor, uh, Chris Hemsworth, like maybe had a really bad take or something like that and had absolutely no good takes and they yeah, tried like to find a way around it. There's no way that like he was that bad on the yeah. takes. Like, yeah. I mean, no, you could, he's good. He's a, a good actor. 
He's a good actor, but you know, as an actor, you have you have bad days. You know, sometimes you just not feeling it, and and it just may might come across. But I can't imagine anything like that happening in an extreme point where they won't use the footage. You know, mm-hmm. the, the, no way, none. So very, very, it just does not know how to stage its big moments properly enough. That that'd be uh, my second point uh, of why it's utterly forgettable, and and. And so my third point, or maybe utterly forgettable, is kind of like the segment. And so my second point, I don't know how I want to phrase this. Either way, this was a huge missed opportunity to flesh out and use the Asgardian side characters as well as, you know, Kat Dennings or or the human side characters. And you forget all the information about these guys and of course they're killed off in the third movie because nobody remembered anything about them in this one because they forgot to flush them out they didn't give them anything to do they have this really weak uh heist moment of of breaking loki out of prison and, and then also breaking jane out of uh captivity and it was this really weak plan of just like oh hey we're gonna describe distract somebody and you just walk into the room and pick her up you know yeah and it was like filmed like it was supposed to be some awesome moment yeah like everything about it was so beyond bland it was just like oh and i don't care about this at all i watched this again with will and ethan and will said you know it's just like that's thor's character he's not a smart guy he doesn't think of of big plans like that and if that's the case just play that up then like that could have you know as much as i hate Marvel being all jokey all the time that could have been a a big joke it's just like they film it like it's this extravagant smart plan and then it ends up being a very simple stupid plan that ends up almost getting them killed yeah I I disagree with him I disagree with Thor not being smart um, and coming up with plans but agree like that could have been a funny moment it's like I've got this plan and then like you know they're in like the thing talking and each one's like working on how it's done and then it gets to the other like you know, Loki is just like, is that it? Is that? Oh, yeah, that would have been perfect. Yeah, that and then would have been all a perfect like, way to play that out. What is, that's a plan. And then, like, you know, they come up with an actual plan. Or, like, you know, or even, like, even, even like, one of the Warriors 3, if you don't want to make your main character look smart, like, like look stupid, just do one of them. And, like, one of them comes up with a stupid plan. Like, and then yeah, it's just yeah. like, well, when that's, that's the plan? No, that's not the plan. And then they go, like, do the actual plan. Or, or something, or they're just like, why do we need a plan? Let's just go in and kick everybody's asses. Yeah, it's of saying, like, the bland, what I can imagine is the bland equivalent of a Asgardian Starbucks. They're just yeah. all hanging out there, and then, like, this plan happens. And yeah, it's, like, literally just, oh, I'm just gonna get, like, a successful wave of people to distract other people, and then one of them's gonna be driving the boat, and then it's gonna jump out of the boat, and then we're gonna make it look like it blew up, because yeah. nobody can notice people jumping out of a boat. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's just dumb. Very weak. Um it was it was fun that they kept Loki in the dark. That was fun. But yeah. other than that it was it was a pretty weak plan. Um let's see what else. So, and and then how they introduced the uh daddy uh uh Pennywise the clown uh daddy Skarsgård, whatever his first name is. Who? Uh Stellan Skarsgård, Eric oh, Selvig. Yeah, god, that was that made me and cringe how, so and, hard. Yeah, how they introduced him with that news report. And you know what was the absolute most bizarre thing about that, though? Was that no character 
in Midgard saw that news footage first. We saw it first, and we had that information before everybody else did, and it ended up being useless because Kat Dennings, like, five minutes later, watches the news report, practically the same one we already saw before. Yeah, it and, was the exact same one, I think. Like, And it's like, why did you do it that way? Why couldn't that have been the first time we saw this information, the same time as Kat? That... Utterly useless, utter, utterly pointless to do it. Would it would have been so much more fun to, like, see him, like, where he was, where he was, like, you know, trying to just, like, describe this theory, and everyone's like, where is this, like, Eric Selvig, like, and he's, like, trying to describe it with the shoe, and it turns out he's in, like, a, like, an elderly person home, and, like, that would have been, with no audience, like, yeah. that would have been so much funnier, and, like, yeah, if you're, yeah. fine, you play Eric Selvig as a joke, fine, but, like, at least, like, do something with it. Although I did like his moment of where he throws away the like pills because he's like the world the world's crazier than I am at this point like I I done like like yeah, thank you for acknowledging the point that the Marvel universe has gotten so bizarro that like for the average person that we're just like whatever like, yeah so yeah that would be that would be the main thing and and I'm so angry I I remember watching these trailers and it's just like oh they're gonna do a, a love triangle between Sif jane and thor and that's gonna be interesting nothing nothing happened that's interesting in fact as soon as the heist is done uh the warrior three and sif are, are gone they're nowhere to be seen in the rest of this movie yep i think Bizarre. they show up, like yeah no they don't even show up at the very end do they no they're just gone like no no uh two of them show up at the end to look at the infinity stone or whatever uh with oh the yeah and that's like extra credit scene that doesn't yeah really count as the main movie like oh yeah, yeah no that was that doesn't count no I was impressed by how consistent that looked with, uh, with the first uh, Guardians, Guardians of the, of the Galaxy. Galaxy. Yep, yep, that's because James Gunn did that. Um, a lot of those okay. mid those after cred scenes, if they're like teasing another person's movie, that yeah. director will do it. Oh, okay, um, I was actually yes. wondering about that. Yeah. Uh, so I'm trying to think like another example um, that hasn't spoiled anything yet. Uh, I I can't think of one that we we haven't had one of those like big moments yet that hasn't been like something. Oh. Um, Trying to think, I think jo- uh, um, Kenneth Branagh did the Thor one um, at the end of Iron Man two. Okay, like when, he directed uh, that the- one, and like the Thor teaser, and like it, it, that's the way these movies usually go. So that's why it feels so consistent, is because that's that's not Alan Taylor messing things up. That's James Gunn who's competent. <laughs> yeah, I will say, and and because it looked consistent, and because that was one of the more standout set pieces in the movie. Uh, yeah, that's great that I know I can credit that towards James Gunn instead. Yep. So, and I feel like the main problems with this movie is that this plot's forgettable, the characters are forgettable, and, you know, the directing we've already talked about is incompetent and stuff like that, and and I think the, the design is forgettable as well. Uh, and I think all of those things, you know, because this movie wasn't a solid movie, because they didn't give it they all had on this one, led to Thor Ragnarok. And um, for everybody else in the world, that's a good thing. But for me, uh, that is uh, the worst cardinal sin that this movie did. <laughs> it's I, I like Thor Ragnarok. We'll get into that one. We'll get into later. it. And, you what? know, I, I, I will spoil the fact that I... Uh, feel like an idiot now because like Thor Ragnarok is so much better than this movie and <laughs> I was so now my rankings of the Thor movies have changed a little bit but 
Uh, and who knows, maybe by the time we get to Thor Ragnarok in this podcast, maybe I will just be like, you know what, yeah, it is, it, I like it a lot, or we'll see how what happens, but... We'll see. That's uh, for another time. That's for another time. So, those are my points. I think, honestly, this is kind of the best rundown of, of why this movie doesn't work uh, I've been able to list, and... It's odd because I uh, actually didn't do uh, any notes for this movie other than the ones that I'm reading off of for these points. So I mean, it's like, so fundamental I, that like I think yeah, we like yeah, it, it made, down it, of yeah, just, it missed like everything you're supposed to do with filmmaking 101. Like yeah, this movie is fundamentally bad. Like it yeah. just at its core, it's just not a good movie. Yeah. Okay. So let's just get to the rating then. At this point, Kirk. You would like to go first? Oh, sure, I guess. We're on to the rating. So, we're going to remind everybody that one star means you hate it. Two stars means you don't like it. Three stars means you like it, okay? Four stars means you really liked it. And five stars means you loved it. And it's one of your favorites. Uh, so, I rank this. I don't hate this movie because it's utterly, utterly forgettable. And I don't not dislike this movie like I dislike Iron Man 2. Um, I guess I shouldn't have said that because that means that because it sounded like I like this more than Iron Man 2. That is not the case. This gets a 1.5 out of 5 for me. This is close to being dog poop. Wow. That's... Yeah, yeah okay. I, I was... I was I, this is just an utterly forgettable movie. And like we said before, they just make all the wrong decisions. And... Nothing's like fundamentally wrong with this movie, like in a like a political sense or anything like that. Other than you know one of your hero characters, Odin, is suggesting genocide, and we don't really talk about that more than the brief moments that they talked about in the movie. Like I guess we could point to that stuff, but really, there's nothing that's like oh man that that's either racist, sexist, or blah blah blah. There's nothing like that. But boy, is this just a bad movie. No. Oh. Kirk, you're being so nice to this movie because I'm giving it a one. <laughs> wow! No, yeah, absolutely <laughs> not. Like, there's one is I because there were people like the one is because the actor showed up on set and because there were people in the film crew who maybe tried. Like, that's that's all I can give this movie because it's just not good. It's not no. the worst no. thing I've ever seen in my whole life. But again, it doesn't have the one thing that I think every movie should at least have, which is some kind of, like, purpose to it. This movie just exists to make money, and it just looks slightly fancy while doing it. So, yeah, this this is definitely a one. Um, I if In my next rewatches of the Marvel movies, if we're not reviewing it like this, I will skip this movie every time and i am ashamed that i actually own it so i'm gonna start i'm gonna start marking down every time you say that you've what? said that actually you've actually said that more times than i figured you would ever say that that <laughs> that i would watch would... this particular movie if i do a read-through yeah yeah i've only said that twice this this one in hulk no you said it for iron man 2 as well did i yeah yeah i i would skip that one too yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, this one is the most uh, skippable of the skippables, though. Like, just yeah, yeah. This is level. absolutely fundamentally unnecessary. You know, in, like Clockwork Orange, when like they get tied to a chair, like their eyelids are forced over, they're show like graphic images. If someone like intersplice those images with Thor: The Dark World, I might go crazy. Yep, 
I'd go nuts as well. Yeah. So, so this was this was by far the easiest one to to articulate a why this just did, did yeah, not work. It's it's kind of nice though. For once, we get a movie that you know isn't missing like you know is like something subtly wrong with it. No, this one's just terrible. That's it. It's just yeah. terrible. I forgot at the beginning of this we were going to talk about uh, good Marvel movies and re ranking them a little bit. I uh, want to somewhat apologize for. Uh, Black Panther, I think, even when you kind of sort of convinced me to go a little lower on the ratings, uh, I think I still went too low with it. But the more I think about it, the more I realize how solid that movie really is. And I've been talking about it with other people, and like I still remember quite a bit of it and stuff like that. And I'm I, I, I'm gonna uh, go back on my rating and give that a uh, 3.75 out of 5. Uh, I And uh, it's pretty solid, and that'll probably... You know, let's see how many times I watch it in my lifetime. It might go up even more if I watch it a lot. But I think that movie does so much good, and uh, yeah, and I deserved a better rating than a three point two five. Like weak sauce. I think it's objectively a little better than Iron Man three. So yeah, if if we can go back and change it, um, I'm gonna change mine to four point two five. Um, I okay. think I just kind of got caught up in all the headlines of this movie being a Black Panther, not this. Thor Dark World. That's not a masterpiece. Um, uh, We're not going to talk about that one anymore after this. No. Um, the <laughs> of Black Panther being a masterpiece, and I, it was kind of a little bit of whiplash from that of because it's not a masterpiece. It's it has its flaws. However, that doesn't mean it's not really really good. Um, right. That is bucking the trend of what these Marvel movies are, um, and is a positive change that hopefully gets through to the rest of the movies of, no, we can have movies that are not based entirely on action comedies that, you know, are the same bland villains over and over again um, and actually have, like, some uniqueness to them. So, I'm going to change it to 4.25. Um, still not the highest on the list, but one of the top, one of the highers yep. up on that list. It It's earned it, for sure. Absolutely. So, I'm glad we got that out of the way. Next week, we'll be on our way to doing Captain America Civil War. Which no, I wait, no. It's Winter Soldier. Don't skip on Winter Soldier. That one is amazing. Yeah, whatever. No, no, All whatever. I will fight you on this one. <laughs> I will fight you to the death. Captain America, the Winter Soldier is a godsend. Of course. And that means we will fight each other next time on... Pots versus Pete's. The Marvelous Morons. Excelsior! My name is Akilo Galusha, and you've been listening to Pots versus Pete's. The music was composed by the invincible Akilo Galusha while this episode was edited by the astonishing Will Dodds. Your hosts have been the amazing Alex Potterbaum and the uncanny Kurt Peterson. A special thanks to you, True Believer, for listening.